This is Action Sports Jax on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. You know, we didn't acquire picks to get less players. We acquired picks to get more players. And, and like I said, we just uh, there were so many players that we liked that uh, at the end of it, we were like, I wish I had a couple more picks in the seventh round. We're normally like searching for names, and we, we felt like there were still guys and still really good value out there. So hopefully we can get some of those guys as free agents here. That is Dave Caldwell, Jaguars general manager. Had a busy weekend, made 12 phone calls. Uh, probably made more than that, really, but uh, 12 picks. And some of them are really cool. Jaguars.com, you can check that out for uh, some of their uh, coverage of the phone calls and, and the reactions. It, it, it really is cool. Take like take the big money, the big picture, all that stuff out of the NFL, and that moment is is pretty sweet. That's pretty cool stuff, and, and uh, I thought Caldwell did a good job, a uh, couple of them. You know, talking about making dreams come true and, and just the knowledge of, of some of the guys' stories, you know, uh, whether it was Shaq Quarterman, um, who's, who's from right here in Jacksonville, uh, two others. So uh, really neat to see some of that stuff around the NFL, but right here in Jacksonville as well. Brent Morton, Austin Lane, Coos on a Monday. Hope everybody's doing well. Hope everybody had a good weekend and enjoying, uh, hey, get a walk-in or something if you can, because the, the day today is like an 11 on a scale of a 10, 1 to 10. Mm. I mean, it is amazing. Yeah. Uh, you can't find much better than this in uh, late April all across the country. And we've got uh, one of those kind of days here in Jacksonville dissecting the NFL draft. We're going to get into a lot of layers of this. We'll have an interview with Shaq Quarterman, by the way, uh, that uh, I did with the linebacker out of Oakleaf High School. And I think we'll catch up with some of these guys in the next uh, few days, couple of days. But to be honest with you, I wanted today to break this thing down left and right in every which ways uh, that we could. And let's start with some winners and losers, man. Uh, what jumps in your mind when I say winners and losers of this draft? And by the way, what I mean by that, it can be anyone from a personnel standpoint, uh, front office standpoint, coaching standpoint, current roster, uh, maybe these draft picks. You can go anywhere. I'm trying to think of a few for each side, and I've got some that pop in my mind. What would you say on the winning side? Winners, I would say Gardner Minshew, first and foremost. Good call. Right, because they didn't draft a quarterback in the first round. Talking to all you NFL experts out there that thought it was going to be possibly Tua if the Jaguars trade up or Justin Herbert. Well, that didn't really come into fruition because, once again, you have the guy who probably should have been offensive rookie of the year in Gardner Minshew, so you kind of want to see what you have with him. So I think that it's just show that the Jaguars have faith in Gardner Minshew. We kind of knew that the whole time, Brent, but, the, you know, obviously the national media um, didn't too busy going to commercial all the time during our picks, but it is what it is. <laughs> so with that being said, Gardner they Minshew. They do that a lot. Hey, I mean, you got my wife talking about it now, too. I mean, she well, is I'm, she's as soft as the rest of y'all. I mean, what do you mean soft, though? Like, uh, it, you it guys sucks. are mentally weak what when the comes with commercials. Weak? Don't you think you it's kind of a sign of disrespect? No, I think what it means is, what I would flip it around and say, see, they feel like they can make the most money right before the Jags pick. That's oh, why they wow. go to commercial. Oh, wow. <laughs> Oh wow, and and we're the soft ones, and and, and we're the ones that are the shows. Okay, it, I love seeing other teams say the same thing. Like I think I saw a Dolphins tweet one yeah, time. Yeah. Like oh here we go again, Dolphins yeah. pick. Go to commercial. Hey, let's Dolphins, be honest, you had twenty five picks in the draft. But let's be honest though, Brett, it happened four times in a row. Okay, <laughs> it did. so I think it was eleven want, out man. of twelve. 
I yeah, think there was yes. one time that they they didn't go to break. Well, that's because I mean they had no choice. Like it was like an hour <laughs> they break were out of commercials, and we're coming back in. Exactly. <laughs> How much money can you make, ESPN? Uh, I'm just messing, man, because you guys are paying the bills. Uh, anyways, my, my other winners, um, you know, Gardner Minshew for sure, and I also think the three four defense is going to be a winner from a couple standpoints. Number one. We'll see with Devon Hamilton. Okay, now, a lot of people aren't really high on this pick for whatever reason. People think he reached, they reached yeah, for him. I like it, okay? I watched him play against Wisconsin twice, and I watched him wreak havoc in the Wisconsin backfield twice against the Wisconsin offensive line who, you know, it's Wisconsin, so they're always pretty good at offensive line. But what I'm curious to see is... He's slated as a nose tackle, okay? He's a big guy. He's a big body. Um, he's got a great anchor, you know, where he can take on double teams. And I think, was it Dave Caldwell who even said we envisioned him to be like a, an Al Woods Jr. or something like that or like a whatever, like a small, whatever it was. I forgot what the exact quote was. But I can see this guy, if they do indeed go for the 3-4, which I think they're going to do, I can see him playing three technique in a 3-4. I can see him using his get-off, um, his speed, his pursuit, everything like that, and his penetration steps to actually play a three technique. Because keep in mind, if he indeed is only going to be a nose tackle, and if he's brought in to take on double teams, you're going to spend a third-round pick on that? You're going to spend a third-round pick on a guy that can just absorb space and take on double teams when you have Al Woods, when you have the longest tenure Jacksonville Jaguar and Avery Jones? Nah, man. I think there's something more to it. So I think they brought in Devon Hamilton, and this kind of shows that the 3-4 is alive and prevalent, Brent. And, um, you know, as one 3-4 expert to another, I couldn't be happier. So you got 3-4 and uh, Minshew. Good, Minshew. Good call. Here's my uh, my biggest winner of this thing. By the, I thought about Minshew because he didn't get drafted. But then I kind of was like, all right, did they give him enough? So I was a little mixed after the whole weekend. No doubt, in my opinion, the number one winner of uh, this appears to be the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have, they're not threatened. I mean, the offensive line is coming back intact. We tried to tell you what the Jags told us for months. They like their offensive line, and they weren't lying. They like it better than you. You wanted them to pick an offensive lineman with the ninth pick, with the 20th pick, and with the 42nd pick, I believe. Uh, they didn't do it. They like their offensive line a lot better than the rest of you and, and sometimes us. <laughs> so, and, and of all of them is Cam Robinson. He looked like his job would have been the most threatened going into a last year, and they're giving him a chance. They're sticking with him. I doubt Ben Barch is going to come take his job uh, coming out of St. John's and right into the NFL. So uh, the offensive line, without question, a big winner. Let me ask you this, though. Should they have tried to pursue, and keep in mind, you have a guy in Jay Gruden, should they have tried to pursue Trent Williams? Because San Francisco gets him for, what was it, a second round or a third round pick? It was like a third and a fifth. A third and a fifth round pick. Yeah, ah. listen, I get what you're saying there, but here's a, here's my issue with the Trent Williams thing. Once you saw the report on the Vikings come out, where he's like, I know I don't want to go there, um, I started to think, all right, how much of a problem is this guy? Is he a pain in the butt? Is he going to handle things well here? Mm. They just I bet they red flagged it a little bit. I mean, do they want to go bring in a guy who just had a situation? Well, now, he might be a, the model citizen. Well, yeah, and he's a really good let's, football let's player. Let's be careful how we say this, LeBron. He had a situation, yes. The situation was the fact that he had a cyst on his head that he wanted to get taken care of. Absolutely. And the Washington doctor said, no, nah, man, put your helmet back on and play football. Keep in mind. I'm not blaming him for that but situation. But here's the thing, LeBron. You want to talk about a guy and you want to you know try to question what he brings to the team? Did we see Trent Williams on Twitter? 
Did we see Trent Williams on the, in the media? Did we see Trent Williams on ESPN ripping the Washington, Washington Redskins organization? No, we did not. So I think of all the things that Trent Williams has been through, if one guy has a right to go out there and rip his team to rip the Washington Redskins and speak his mind, it's Trent Williams. And he didn't do that. Yeah. So with that being said, I think he's actually a pretty good locker room guy. Well, and he might be. Yeah. But I guess what red flagged it for me was the report that he was on his way to Minnesota, essentially, and then said, I don't want to go there. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, how many guys does this guy have on his list? And by the way, if he doesn't want to go to Minnesota... Do you think he wants to come to Jacksonville? Maybe well, Jacksonville didn't want to put it out there, get involved in those sweepstakes, and get turned down at the altar necessarily, and have it a bad image of that. Because if Jacksonville gets turned down, it will come across as totally different than if Minnesota got turned down. You know what I mean? So, And, and yeah, by the way, if I'm yeah. Trent Williams, I don't want to come here at 31 years old. Oh, no, for sure. I wouldn't want to. Not, I, not I during this. Same reason. I'm going to San Fran win a Super Bowl. Same reason. Honest. Yeah, same yeah. reason Calais Campbell to Baltimore is in a better spot, right? Mm-hmm. So, I. I understand what you're saying. I just don't I, – I don't know if it made sense, the timetable of the Jaguars. But get good players in here. Would The third and the fifth was nothing. You're right. Exactly. I agree. It didn't feel like much, at least. What's, what else is interesting is they gave a third and a fifth. Now they got the fifth back with Breida going to Miami. But mm-hmm. they also don't have a long-term deal in place. Apparently, Minnesota had the long-term deal in place for uh, Williams, mm-hmm. and that still fell through. So, a fascinating situation all around. I think we'll get more details as we get farther and farther away from that story of the last 12, 18 months uh, for Trent Williams. So, anyway, offensive line, my big one. I, I gave a little hint earlier on. I agree with you. I think especially Dave Caldwell, it looks like he's got the reins of this thing and not given it up. Like, I I don't sense this is just a one-year thing. I, you never know. But I, I kind of feel like he's a winner in this. I think... The opportunity to do it again, the opportunity to reset the table again, the reviews that they are getting around the league, whether you like grades or not, I think makes Dave Caldwell a winner in this whole weekend and situation uh, moving forward. I think Marone could be a little different there. Uh, I think those guys can be separated sometimes, but I'd probably even at least for now include Marone in that situation. Uh, I'll tell you who else is a big winner, the safeties. The safeties is a that's a position where the Jags don't love it, but they're like, you know what, we're okay with it. Mm-hmm. They don't love it. They're not dynamic within their safety group with Ronnie Harrison and Jared Wilson. But they're gonna get another chance to keep their job and be the free safety and strong safety of this team. Daniel Thomas came in. I don't know if he'll threaten for a job right away, but I'd feel pretty good if I was one of those safeties. Yeah, without a doubt. You know, and this is it's like we always talk about. So Jared Wilson, obviously, he's a guy that you don't say a lot of, but that's not necessarily a bad thing, especially when you play the free center spot, especially when you play, you know, that, that free safety. You play center field. I mean, you're kind of on an island sometimes, and we don't talk about him a lot, but he's a smart guy. He gets people lined up properly. He calls the right coverages. So I'm not mad at not getting a safety in the early rounds, you know, especially that what was that guy's name from LSU? Delpit. Delpit. You see what he was wearing, by the way? <laughs> I did. did you see his outfit? Dude was rocking like in his draft picture, uh, a leather jeans, like a leather jacket, and then no shirt underneath and a gold chain. You mean to tell me that guy was going to come here and I have to interview him? Absolutely not. If he was coming here, I, I would have asked for my trade immediately. I, I would have traded someplace else, different city, because I'm not going to say that guy's name 24-7. And also I have to interview him after I saw you wearing a leather jacket and a gold chain like it's the 1980s, sir. The Delpit complex is real for oh, Austin. Man, Ryan, it's man. so aggressive. So aggressive. It's, uh, it's... But then also, with, you know, obviously we got Ronnie Harrison. I think Ronnie Harrison, this is his – we talk about Gardner Minshew, make or break year. 
To me, this is Ronnie Harrison's make or break yeah, year so as well. Too. Right? Because take a leap. of where he got drafted and everything, high expectations. How did he play last year? I think he did okay. You know, I think there's um, more belief that he can actually be like a Pro Bowl type player. Well, this is his chance to do it this year. And if he doesn't perform this year, then you start talking about, well, do we have to address the situation with with the draft or something else? Do you think there are any winners along the defensive line, like Avery Jones? Is his job threatened at all? Well, uh, because I, f- I feel like, you know what, they've got trust in him. They, yeah. He's going to be part of this rotation. That's the sense. Now, these get depending on 4-3 and 3-4, you can line these up, guys up in a variety of ways, so it's hard to kind of you know pinpoint what they're going to do. Yeah. But I would suspect Avery Jones is going to be a part of this thing. I think, I mean, for sure. I absolutely foresee that happening. I actually have this for my losers, but we can kind of swing it around and make Let's it a winner it if you want. Yeah. Okay, well, so my losers is three technique depth, but you, you can call winner then if you want Taven Bryant, right? Because with Kinlaw, you know, with Derek Brown, like those were the guys who were going to come in and, you know, essentially probably take um, Taven Bryant's spot. Well, they don't go that direction, right? They had a chance to get Kinlaw. They don't take him. But in terms of the depth going forward now, regardless if it's going to be a 3-4 defense or a 4-3 defense, one would think right now, because I kind of broke it down last week, I'm pretty sure Taven Bryan's going to be the, the, the starting either big end slash five technique in a 3-4, or he's going to be a starting three technique. And then, and then like the base defense with what they've been running. And if that's the case, no one's really going to back him up. Now, maybe you can say they move Gunter, but I still say Gunter is going to be on the other side if they run a 3-4. Taven Bryan right now, all things considered, is going to be your starter going forward. I don't think Devon Hamilton, obviously, isn't going to take his spot. So whether it's a 3-4 defense or a 4-3 defense, I think Taven Bryan's starting. And that's going to, I mean, obviously, he's a winner, and uh, the loser is going to be the three-technique depth. Yeah. Uh, so you don't think Hamilton, we were talking a little bit on Friday night. Uh, Hamilton, can he? I mean, can these other guys slide in and give you depth there? Gunter can. Gunter can. And then Smoot would be. be starting. I mean, he's he's for sure. I I understand. But say Taven Bryan goes down and you don't have him. Then Gunter can slide in to play that spot. Then Gunter comes in. Could Hamilton be a Marcel Darius type where he could go in and play that spot? I mean, it looked like he did on film a bit. Yeah. So, once again, it depends what kind of defense you're running. If they do run a true 3-4 defense, like we're kind of echoing here a little bit. Then Hamilton's going to be a three technique. Yeah. Like I don't see him playing a nose. I don't see him taking Avery Jones spot, and I don't see him taking Al Wood spot because you don't need to, man. You you have depth there. Why address it with a with a rookie third round pick where you can put him someplace else? Because like you said, Brent, he is labeled as a nose technique, but we we saw the footage. All yeah. right, when he got drafted, we saw the film. The guy gets in the backfield, and traditionally, you know, a nose technique. It's his M.O. to try to embrace, to frame up, and take on double teams. You don't really see a lot of nose techniques in the backfield causing chaos because it's not their job. Well, Hamilton has done that, all right? And Hamilton comes from a couple defenses at Ohio State where he did two-gap a little bit, keep in mind, and he's also played just that shade at a nose technique. But the problem is is that he's a penetrating guy, and usually the way it works is in a one technique with the Jacksonville Jaguars, at least last year, you just take on double teams. You don't really need to penetrate that much. So we'll see what happens going forward once again. But I think Devon Hamilton is going to be all over the place. All right. To get some uh, Travis Hunt says, Devine Azigbo, winner. Uh, he said it a couple of times. That's how much how, how, how much he felt about it. Uh, and, and here's the deal. Winners are probably guys like Azigbo on the depth chart. Yeah. Also, Rock Armstead. Uh, and Jack Stan says, why not use this season to see if Rock can be legit? If we're not going to be competitive, let's see what we've got on our roster. Acquiring a running back, probably the easiest thing to do in the NFL. Go look at the current list of free agent or running backs even right now. Now, to piggyback on that, I flip it around to the losers. Well, I, 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 oh, go ahead. I have one more winner. This is probably the no, biggest a winner. Lot of winners. This for- is the biggest winner 
that I can think of, Brent, and we haven't touched on it at all, but this is the biggest winner hands down. Biggest winner is me and probably you as well because we started out great. We got C.J. Henderson, a very easy name to pronounce. <laughs> All of a sudden, Kalevon Chason, I'm like, all right, Dave, hey. Still didn't do it. Kalevon. Kalevon Chason. <laughs> all right, Kalevon Chason. I'm like, all right, Dave, Kay. take it easy now. Like, Let's relax a little bit. We, we got the guy. I wanted him here, obviously, but, you know, a little aggressive. LaVisca Chenault. Nailed it? Got it. All right, see, now that... We started going on a little route here where it's like, all right, Dave's really going to screw me yeah. over here. And it looks harder than it is, though. It's going to be the, the, the first team, all-name team. But then after that, man, we're talking about Devon Hamilton, Ben Barch, Josiah, Josiah Scott, <laughs> almost lost it, Sha- Shaquille Quarterman. Yeah, got Shaq. it. Shaq. Shaq. Shaq Quarterman. Hey, I'm, I'm just going by what it says here. On I know, account. but it's Shaq. Okay. Even easier. Danelle Thomas, Colin Johnson, Jake Luton, Tyler Davis, Chris Claybooks. I mean... Talk about some easy ones. So shout out to Dave Caldwell taking care of me. I mean, you're professional, so you're fine there. But taking care of me with these names, man. I thought we were off to a rough start in the first couple rounds, but Dave came through for me when I needed him to. So as far as the names are concerned, super easy. You're right. You're right about that. Uh, All right. Here's the deal. The running back room and the depth that's in that room already, I believe, are winners. Hmm. One running back is my biggest loser, Leonard Fournette. And here's why I say it. Because I'm not sure he wants to be here. He knows the Jags really don't want him here. They tried to move him for the last month, and that's been obvious. Okay, we all know that now. So where does he feel? Where is he's going into a big year, a contract year, and he's kind of stuck. He's like, I'm here. They don't really want me here. How much are they going to use me here? And I think the bigger part of it is when he leaves after next season, if he has an average year, who's the takers? Mm-hmm. I mean, he couldn't find anybody to trade a fourth-round pick for, it seems like. I mean, the Dolphins got Breida for a fifth-round pick. They couldn't make it work with the Jags somehow or another. Now, maybe the Jags turned him down for fifth. Who knows? But you really have to wonder about Leonard Fournette when it comes to free agency on the back end of this season. And it feels like he's kind of a loser in this draft, even though he'll still primarily be the guy. Like, he's got his job. I'm not sure he wants that job here in Jacksonville where it lands him like the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. More losers of this draft for the Jacksonville Jaguars already on the roster in the organization. We'll get to it. And uh, we welcome your calls, 904-362-9901 on ESPN 690. I never had that problem. I've him wait. Probably one of the be- worst and best times of my life was I was with the Miami Dolphins and we were in a training camp. I was one of four or five guys that had gotten food poison. Back then, you weren't allowed to be over 275 pounds for Coach Shula. So I went from like 275 to like 258. As I'm leaving the hospital, the doctor says, you got to put the weight back on you. We've got to get you hydrated, blah, 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 you know. Hey, drink some milkshakes. And as soon as he said drink some milkshakes, that's all I heard. I went from like 258 within, I bet you, 12 hours to 275. Mm. It was funny on the conference call a couple of times this weekend talking about that and also the police that were outside his house. <laughs> because I didn't even think about that part of it. But they had police presence outside Caldwell Marone's house. Oh. Just in case somebody tried to 
you know, do, do something, something stupid. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, I didn't even think about that part, but yeah. uh, they thought about well, everything and and uh, probably a good idea. Did anything happen? Like as far as the draft's concerned, kind of went off without a hitch, right? Like we didn't. Yeah, we can talk about that in a little bit about you know. I've got to be honest with you. I thought at times the draft was boring. Yeah. I really did. I, I thought well, the first round even had a little boring element to I mean, it because of Luke, lack of traits. Luke Bryan, too, didn't do any, any favors whatsoever. <laughs> you did kill it on Twitter. By the way, you uh, made Peter King's column today. Did you see that? No, I didn't. Yeah, you're I one mean, of your I, tweets. I, mean, I, I can't believe it because I, I read it every single week. But shout out to Peter King. I should probably check that out then. Check, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, so you uh, right. I mean, you had a good week on Twitter. I'm not going to lie. You had a good week last well, week. I had some time I'll tell you my what, hands, winners man. of last week, not oh, just for pronunciations, yeah. was probably you. Yep. Shocker Mock was high. Highly successful. I put in my work in for the year, and now the rest is going to be cruise control, just sailing. <laughs> you know, can kind of do a more retweet here. Used to. Yeah, more of a retweet here, retweet here. Probably say something that's a little offensive, offend some people. And that's going to be about it. So my time here is done, Brent. But I'll, I'll check out Peter King's thing. Uh, let's go. We're going to go losers, but let's get. Uh, sorry, this is not a a segue here, Stephen. I'm not calling you a loser, but we're going to the phone lines. You're a winner. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. I had to be really careful the way I said that. Yeah. What's up, man? Yeah, you cut me deep on that one. You cut me deep. <laughs> what you uh, got? My, uh, I thought the draft was pretty okay. I mean, we got our jump ball guy uh, in Colin Johnson, but I, I know what you're saying, a lot of boring picks in my opinion. But my main thing was talking about the undrafted free agents that we did sign. Uh, we've got the safety J.R. Reed from Georgia, but the two running backs we've got James Robinson from Illinois State and Tavian Feaster from uh, South Carolina. I believe I got the name right. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people are comparing James Robinson to having the same style as Fournette in running, maybe a little more shiftier and open space and having more of a second gear. But Tavian Feaster was more of a in my opinion, a change of pace back that we were looking for. Uh, he was a track star, and he did a lot of receiving out of the backfield. So how do you guys feel about at least getting something? Yeah, listen, uh, thanks, Stephen. I appreciate it, man. Uh, I, I think the running back spot, more than most spots on a football team, can be found in peculiar places. Right. I mean, there have been studs that have been found in at every position, but it does seem like running back. You don't always have to go first round, second round, third round to find your guys. And so even in the undrafted mold, it can happen. So you can have some hope for that. A lot of it's fit and and find. I, I can't sit here and tell you I get excited about a lot of those guys. I just don't know, and why would they have slipped through seven rounds of a draft? Yeah. So I, I, I always find it actually a little bit entertaining that – especially the diehard fans, and I appreciate this, I just find it entertaining, that they love the undrafted free agent signings mm-hmm. almost like more than the fourth-round picks. It's like, well, they didn't get drafted. We just saw 250 guys get drafted. Yeah, they yeah. didn't get drafted. And listen, I'm a sucker for the story, too. I love the story. It's where a lot of local guys get picked up, too. So, I mean, I get it. And there are a lot of undrafted guys that I think they have, like, that Hall of Fame stat. There are a 14 or 17 in the Hall of Fame, more so than the, the, the actual the overall number pick. one picks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a great stat. I mean, mm-hmm. it's awesome. So I'm, I'm here for it. But I just don't know 
why I'd be overly excited about them until I see what they can bring. And the Jags have had some success in that area as well, from Montel Owens to recently Keelan Cole. Yeah. Uh, so, listen, it, it's all part of it. The Jags obviously felt there was a drop-off. If they couldn't get Cam Akers, if they couldn't get Jonathan Taylor, if they couldn't get DeAndre Swift, well, after that, it wasn't worth the investment, and it was worth going this route instead. Mm. That's obviously what they felt. We'll find out if they're right. Yeah, and keep in mind, I mean, we're talking about a team who just had 12 draft picks, all right? And a lot of those draft picks are probably going to make the roster, obviously. How many undrafted free agents are going to make the roster? Time will tell. But keep in mind, you're kind of behind the eight ball right now a little bit because, number one, they don't really know who you are, first of all, because you didn't really have a pro day. Assuming you're an undrafted free agent means you're probably a smaller school guy or a guy that didn't get a combine invite. So, number one, you didn't really make a pro day or a combine. And then, number two, how long do you have to wait to showcase your skills, right? Because being an undrafted free agent, Brent, it's all about the opportunities, all right? It's all about, you know, getting your name called and making the most of it, whether it's in a preseason game or, you know, some kind of scrimmage format or in training camp. Well, the way it's looking right now with, you know, the landscape of COVID-19, we don't know when training camp's going to open up. We don't know if there's going to be a rookie camp this year even. So with that being said, it's going to be hard, I think, at least, for undrafted free agents to try to prove their worth because their opportunities are going to be very few and far between. Yeah, by the way, you're welcome to call 904-362-9901. We'll actually have in the next hour all the undrafted free agents, the Jaguars, uh, should be sharing with us uh, that sooner or later than later, and we'll be able to give that to you. Um, but you segued perfectly. We're on the loser segment of this from a Jag standpoint organizationally on the roster already. Well, I would say rookies in the entire NFL are losers in this year's draft, in, in essence, because they don't have that OTA period. They don't have that interactive period inside the facility. They don't have a chance to go get acclimated. Just think, if things do open up in July... And then you have the normal camp. How much is going through these young guys' heads? And how much pressure is on some players like C.J. Henderson and maybe a Caleb on Chason or a Chenault for the Jaguars to produce? And amidst that, you have to find a place to live. You have to get acclimated. You have to adjust to the NFL. You have to do a lot of different things. We don't know that. You know that. Mm-hmm. But that's, it's probably a lot more taxing than we want to admit. Uh, do I think it's the end of the world? No. Doug Marone even said, hey, we're all on an even playing field. I get it. But you just picked 12 guys and you're relying. You're the youngest football team probably in the NFL. So that could impact the Jags, who already don't have a loaded roster, more than any other football team in the NFL. So I think they are losers in that sense. And that could be Jags and rookies uh, in that same sense. If you were to find some other losers in this this past weekend. You know what I really struggled with? In fact, Marcel Robinson for um, something we did on, on the web, on YouTube and Facebook for Action Sports Jacks, he gave Jay Gruden the, the winner. Great. I, I wonder if mm. I put him in the loser category. Did they give him enough? Yeah. You know, do they have enough? Does he have enough to do what he wants offensively? You can make the case that he got new toys and he has more. And I really love the Chenault pick. It might give them a bit of an identity. Yeah. And I also will argue Cam Robinson, D.D. Westbrook, Minshew, Fournette are all either in contract years mm-hmm. or prove it years to some degree. And I like that. I like those guys on edge. Well, and keep in mind, last year, uh, last week I talked about a little bit Gruden. When he was in Cincinnati, offensive coordinator, he loved running the Wildcat. You know, he needs some various looks out of that. Chenault's a guy who has some experience doing that. He has some experience lining up at running back a little bit. You can do a lot of things with him so i think i mean that piece right there is like hey jay gruden welcome to jacksonville here's your new toy yeah so i i think you know i think you can make the case gruden can have fun with this he's probably not like a big loser in it Mm -hmm. but he also could have what denver went and got you know 
I mean, he could have Judy, and he could have Denver Man. And he could. Who else? They, they had the Hamler kid, I think it was. Were they the ones that? No, maybe that was Carolina. But anyway, they added weapons. They added Melvin Gordon. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, because well, they got Jerry Judy. KJ Hamler from Penn State. Oh, they did get Hamler. Yeah, okay. they got Hamler. Yeah. So, and then they got a tight end late in the draft, but they don't need. They have like ten tight ends. So but fine but the there. Jags could have gone instead of CJ Henderson. They could have gone Judy. Well, then yeah. Jay Gruden would be more of a winner. You would think, right? Of course. So I, it, it's interesting. Or they could have gone running back in the third round or second mm-hmm. round, and then you could be more of a winner. Sure. So I don't think he's like he really lost here, but he's got his hands full. He's got a, a young football team, and they've got to change philosophies. And a lot of unknowns. So I, I think he kind of fits in the loser category for right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it'll be interesting if he could turn that into kind of a winning formula uh, for him. And, and he's got to get creative and well, use it and, right. And once again, I mean, we've kind of been echoing this point the whole show, but you didn't really address the third down back. You know, and that's something that Gruden's always yeah. utilized a little bit. So still can. Maybe, maybe there is a plan. Maybe they go after somebody still. I mean, who knows? We'll see what happens. But the way it's set up right now, I get it. Leonard Fournette led the team in receptions last year, but I think Jay Gruden's looking for a little more of that dynamic, agile type of receiver out of the backfield, especially on third down. And by the way, Gruden also now has his super young quarterback room, unless they get a Dalton or or a Cam Newton. I mean, mm-hmm. super young. I yeah. mean, inexperienced, to say the least. Last, Listen, the most obvious, we talked about this on Friday. Go back to listen to the show, our thoughts on it. But Yannick Ngakwe continues to be... Maybe the biggest loser. Yeah, that, that was my I mean, big one, obviously. They just checkmated him. Didn't get what he wanted, man. And, and he's still so, on the team. Still on the team, which is not what he wants. No. So you didn't win. Hey, when we come back, your favorite pick of the 12, you have plenty to choose from. From smoothies <laughs> to wildcat receivers. Mm. <laughs> Who's your favorite pick of this draft? And maybe your surprise pick of like the draft. It. Coming like up it. next on ESPN 690. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.